Today on Hardwired. When I mix my faith with good works, then it brings forth fruit in my life and it brings forth fruit in the lives of others. Because I'm ministering this word today, it's gonna bring forth fruit in your life. You can't help it because you're mixing it with faith. And if you mix this word with faith and go and do it and involve yourself in good works, you can't help but grow and mature and have your faith completed. You're listening to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. Thanks for allowing us to share this time with you. It's our favorite time of the day where we get to hang out together and hear about how the truth of God's Word can make a huge difference as it's hardwired into your life, your relationships, and your future. You may be stuck in traffic or maybe even stuck in life. Either way, today's message is going to help you get on the right track as you learn how much God loves you right where you are. And if for any reason you have to break away before the end of the program, you can always catch it at our website, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. So let's go ahead and get right into today's message. Here's Pastor Jeff to set it up for us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us, making us a part of your very busy day. Well, we started a series last time, a little mini-series, about God having a plan for you and me. And today we're going to launch into the very real fact that not only does God have a plan for you, but He's got a place for you. There is a place God wants you in life. There is, I believe, a geographical location. He wants you to live where you live. He wants you in a certain church. He wants to give you a church home, a city, a town, a place. You know, Abraham had a place. He was called to the promised land. Jesus had a place. His ministry was in Israel, exclusively Israel, and not a very large amount of square miles in Israel. There was a place for the apostles. There was a region that God had for them to minister in. God has a place. And one of the most exciting things you can learn is what God's place is for you. Be in that place, serve in that place, and flourish in that place. I can't wait to share part two of the message. God has a place for you. Now it says in Ephesians 2, verse 8, it says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. You've been saved through faith by grace. And that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. What is the gift of God? The faith that got you saved by grace. Even the faith was a gift, and you thought you came up with it, but you didn't. Now, it says, not of works. Verse 9, not of works. Can everybody say that with me? Not of works. Lest anyone should boast. Now, keep that in mind, because verse 10 tells us something else about works. For we are his workmanship. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you're under construction. (laughs) The Holy Ghost has a hard hat on when it comes to you. You're under construction. You are his ever going on construction project. Never ending project. Now, why is that happening? We have been created in Christ Jesus for what, everybody? Good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We have not been saved by works, 
but we have been saved for works. That's what he just said. We're not saved by works, living a good life, never getting a ticket, being a sterling citizen. Uh Uh-uh. Because all of those works are as filthy rags to God. So I got it. I'm not saved by works, but I've been saved for works, unto works, with the purpose that I would be involved in good works. So we don't need to shun the phrase. We shun it. Ah, good works. I'm not saved by good works. Ah, it's a great phrase. I've been saved for good works. And that's my purpose. Listen to Ephesians 2.10. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. The good work he's gotten ready for us to do. Work we had better be doing. I have been created, fashioned, designed, and called by God to be involved in good works. The minute that I'm saved, good works are fruit-bearing. You want to know what they look like? Here's what a good work looks like. It's fruit-bearing. It is fruit-bearing. That means change lives. You change and people around you change because they've been influenced by the Lord. Fruit-bearing. A good work is fruit-bearing. Jesus said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And that you would go and bring forth, what? Much fruit. And that your fruit would remain. So what is the fruit? We know what it is. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith. Against such there is no law. When I involve myself, when I mix my faith with works, when I mix my faith with good works, then it brings forth fruit in my life and it brings forth fruit in the lives of others. Because I'm ministering this word today, it's going to bring forth fruit in your life. You can't help it because you're mixing it with faith. And if you mix this word with faith and go and do it and involve yourself in good works, you can't help but grow and mature and have your faith completed. So, Good works are fruit-bearing, but good works also glorify God. Now, this really struck me. This is a Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And what do they do when they see your good works? They glorify your Father who is in heaven. When you walk in good works, it brings glory to God. When you get out there and you put feet to your faith and you touch people, bless people, minister to people, that's good works. And they begin to bring forth fruit. That's good works. Now, people see that. Now, I want you to listen very carefully to what I'm going to say. Faith justifies you before God. When you put faith in Jesus Christ, God declares you righteous. Faith justifies you before God. Faith gets you into heaven. Good works justify you before people because they can't see God. So if you go out and you say, well, I'm a believer now, I'm a Christian, I go to church, they say, really? And they start watching your works. They start watching your lifestyle. They start watching the way that you live. And like it or not, you are the only Jesus some people are ever going to see. So when you say, I'm a Christian, and you go out and you begin to minister to people, give your time to people, sacrifice to bless others, live a life that glorifies God, it says, they see your good works, and that's how you let your light shine on this planet. Let your light so shine that those out there see your good works, 
and glorify your Father who is in heaven. They see it and they go, wow, he's real. He's real. He's real. How do you know he's real? Well, I don't have a relationship with him, but I'm looking at what he did with them. I know the way they used to live and I know the way they live now. I know the way they used to, and I know the way they're walking now. And I see their good works. And I look up and he must be real. So faith justifies me before God, but good works justify me before men. Everybody with me today? Well, it's kind of quiet. Oh, Pastor Jeff. You mean I gotta, I gotta walk my talk? Well, yeah. Matter of fact, preach what you practice. Well, I'm just going to move on with this word now. (laughs) Good works are done through obedience to him. Done through obedience. Paul wrote about a guy named Archippus. Archippus. And he said, take heed, tell Archippus, take heed to the ministry you've received in the Lord that you fulfill it. See, he had a ministry he'd received from the Lord, and that ministry was his purpose. It was his individual call. It was his course. And he says, see that you fulfill it. Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. God called me to preach. I'm a single talent guy. I don't have multi-talents. He called me to use words. But woe unto me if I don't do it. Woe unto me if I don't teach. Woe to me if I don't preach. Woe to me if I don't reach. Because that's what his hand is on me to do. I must take heed that I fulfill the ministry he's given to me and called me to do with the ministry of angels. But you know what? You've got a call. You've got a purpose. And God wants you to be a blessing to other people. Good works are those works that are done in his name. Rather than made in China or made in America, a good work is carefully tagged by the Christian to read, made in heaven. A good work always lifts up Jesus. So whatever you do and wherever you do it, Do it in the name of the Lord. Isn't that what it says? Let all that you do, no matter what you do, let it be done. How, everybody? In the name of the Lord. Because that's what makes a good work a good work. When they know why you did it. Last summer, I was on my patio, and I was reading the Bible, being spiritual, just reading the Word. And I noticed over to my right on the road that goes past our house, this car broke down. It was an old Toyota. And this guy got out, and I saw him get out a cell phone, and he tried to use it. He hit it a few times, and it was easy to see it was dead. It was August. It was like 110. You just had to hold an egg up, and it hard-boiled. You know what I mean? So I looked at him from my perch on my patio and thought, wow, and went back to reading the Word. He stood there. I could see the sweat pouring off of him. And the Holy Spirit said to me after too long, why don't you go give him a phone? I had to be honest. His looks had bothered me. His hair was, you know, five different colors. He looked freaky, like I used to look (laughs) before I got all churched up. You know what I'm talking about? How quickly we forget. I mean, I was freaky, baby, let me tell you. Now, I went and got a phone, and I took it to him. I said, here. He said, oh, man, thanks. He calls a guy to come pick him up, a, a, you know, a tower, after like 30 to 45 minutes. And he handed me back the phone. It's all sweaty. I'm thinking, well, my good deed is done. 
And I started walking back to my house and God said to me, you're not getting a reward for that one. And I said, why? (laughs) He said, because you didn't tell him why you did it. You were just making yourself look good. I thought, I want a reward. I turned around. I said, hey, are you a Christian? (laughs) He went, you know, everybody in America is saved. He goes, "Uh, uh, 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 yeah, I think so. And I said, I did that in the name of Jesus. He told me to bring you that phone. (laughs) He's looking at me. And the Lord said, now you did a good work flavored with, colored with, with the stamp of Jesus on it. So if you take a neighbor a pie, tell them why, so you'll get a reward instead of losing a pie. We'll get back to Pastor Jeff in a moment to close out today's program. But first, I wanna share something about our program. Our mission is actually very simple, to share the life-changing good news of Jesus Christ in a way that gets hardwired into your life. And we trust these messages from Pastor Jeff aren't something you can only listen to and enjoy, but that they inspire you to share with others. The message of the gospel is something everyone needs to hear, and that's why it's a priority to us. And you get to join us in this important mission. Call us at 877-884-3111 to say you're in, or drop us a line at our website, hardwired.org. Well, here's Pastor Jeff with the rest of today's program. If I'm supposed to be involved in good works and God has called me individually and you individually to good works, how do I find out what my niche is? What I'm supposed to do as an individual, why he apprehended me? How can I decipher why and how God apprehended me? What was in his mind when he saved you? Here's how you find it. Three things, real simple. First, your talents your talents. You want to know what God's called you to do? Look at your talents. God created birds to fly and gave them wings to do it. God created you with a purpose and gave you what you needed to do it. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one of them, he gave five talents. To one, he gave two. And to another, he gave one. Now, we usually stop right there. I want you to listen carefully what Jesus said later. He says, to each according to his own ability. We receive talents based on an ability that God gave us when we were in our mama's womb. He gave us an ability. That word ability translates from the Greek word dunamis, which means strength. So God gave you a strength. There is something you do better than you do anything else. It's your strength. He gave to one five talents because his particular strength could handle five. He gave to another two because his ability could handle two. And he gave one one because his ability could handle one. It says he gave them the talents according to their ability, according to their strength, according to where God had made them particularly proficient and strong. David said, you fashioned me in my mother's womb. 
I am made and designed by God. Now, so how do you find out your calling? Well, one thing you do is you look in the mirror and you take a hard look at yourself and you go, where am I strong? What what comes easily to me? What do I really enjoy doing? What am I really proficient at? That's what you're supposed to use and turn over to God, which I'll talk about in just a moment. That is what God wants to touch and use so that you can funnel that into good works that glorify your Father who is in heaven. And if you can't figure out what your strength is, ask the people who know you. Say, what's my strength? If they know you well at all, they can rip off your strengths and weaknesses before you can say, Jesus, help me. (laughs) My dad, when I was growing up, my dad used to say to me, you need to be a lawyer. Why do I need to be a lawyer? Because, Because you have an ability with words, Jeff, and persuasion. You ought to be a lawyer. Well, my dad was right in the natural, but then Jesus got a hold of me and he took the one strength that I had and called me to preach with it. And now I'm using it right now and I feel so good using it. I love using it. Because you see, folks, when you move in your strength, you get maximum results with minimum stress. But when you move in something that's not your strength, you get minimum results with maximum stress. If God's called you to be an eye, don't try to be an ear. If he, listen, if I had here a hammer and a saw, and both of them are lost, going straight to hell, just imagine with me, and the saw watches the hammer hammer, and he wants to be just like that hammer. So here you've got a saw, and that saw is saying, why won't these nails go in? And then the saw gets saved. The saw turns to the creator and says, here I am. And the creator says, I didn't call you to hammer nails. I called you to cut wood. And so suddenly the saw finds its place and starts cutting wood. Hammers are called to hammer nails, saws to cut wood, birds to fly, fish to swim. You have been given a strength. And when you find it, it will deliver you from unnecessary stress and pressure when you begin moving in your gift. So what is it? What is your gift? You may be good with people. You may be very merciful. You may love my wife. My wife is always thinking about other people. Kathy is always out there ministering to other people. She's always saying, have you called so-and-so? Did you this? Did you that? Last Yesterday, she called me and wanted me to take food and stuff to two and three different people. She said, have you done it yet? I'm always thinking, minister the word, minister the word, minister the word. Kathy comes along and brings me down to earth and says, get out there and give some people some food. That's her gift. That's her one one gift. She'll think of you when you don't think of you. She will give you the shirt off her back. She will love you, stay with you, and serve you in practical ways. That's Kathy. That's why she's a great first lady. That's right. Ask yourself, what is my strength? Ask others, what is my strength? Remember, you were created in Christ Jesus for good works and God doesn't make any junk. And what he created you to do, you have the ability, the dunamis, the strength to do. It's within you. Now, the second thing you look for to find your gift is your circumstances. Look around you. Where has God placed you? Look around you. Because God opens providential doors. You will find, if you look around you, that God has placed your life somewhere in some capacity where your strength 
can be utilized. And if you're not in a place like that, you're gonna have maximum misery. If you can find a place where your gift can be used, you'll have maximum joy. But if you're in something that doesn't fit your strength, if you're in a hammer when you're a saw, if, if your job requires a hammer and you're a saw, if, if, if you need to be an eye and you're an ear, you're gonna be miserable because God created you to do a particular thing. Do you believe this today? Yeah. So look around you. Jesus said he was the one who opens and no man shuts. And when you fully give him your life, Jesus opens doors along the way and bids us walk through them. When I gave him my life, Everywhere I turned, somebody was asking me to speak. And I didn't think that I was a speaker. Other people saw my strength before I ever did. And every time I turned around, once I gave him my life, I was in a situation where people were saying, would you share, would you teach, would you preach? I've never looked for ministry. I've never looked for it. It's always come to me. Because it says a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. So your gift will make room for you. You will find yourself, look around you in your circumstances. Where has God put you? Then look at your strength and then realize that more than likely, the providence of God has placed you where you can use your gift. Whatever it is, if you're in business, salt and pepper it with Jesus. Whatever you do, whatever your vocation is, give it to him. And that brings me to my last point today. Give your gift to God. Give it to God. When you realize what your strength is, realize that God didn't give it to you just for you. He gave it to you for a good work so that your father could be glorified through the good works you do. So whatever you do and whatever you have, give it to God. There needs to be a time when you present your abilities and your giftings to God. Lord, I'm not going to just use this for me. I'm not going to use it to get glory for myself. I'm going to use it. I want you to touch it and use it for your glory. So here's what Jesus does. The little boy gave him the five loaves and two fishes and said, here. Jesus took it. He blessed it. He broke it, brought it into submission to his will, and he distributed it. When you give your gift to God, your strength, he'll take it. He'll bless it. He'll bring it into submission to his will by breaking it. And then he'll cause others to be blessed through it. Five loaves and two fishes touched thousands of people. When I gave the one gift I had to God, he took it, he blessed it, he broke it, and I'm giving it to you today. And that's the way that it works. <laughs> Dr. Schaefer there is an oral surgeon. He, he was an oral surgeon. He's retired now, but if he got you into his office... He had a captive audience. When you're in that chair and you're about to lose your wisdom teeth, what are you going to say if he starts talking to you about Jesus? When you walked in, there were tracks everywhere. He, he, he turned the whole office into a witnessing machine. He flavored everything that he did with the fragrance of Christ. So he took his strength and gave it to God. He took it and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it. I was watching Kirk Cameron on TV just the other day. Here he is. He has a gift for acting. He goes out there and he does a long-term sitcom. He gets saved. So now what does he do? He gave that gift to God. And now Kirk Cameron does Christian movies. He's on television all the time, witnessing for Jesus Christ in the face of the hardest atheist and secularist you can find. He smiles, he shines. He took that gift and God gave it to God and God took it and blessed it 
and brought into submission to his will, and now he touches millions of people. That's the plan of God. He gave you a gift. Give it to him. Let him take it and bless it and make it sanctified and then use it to touch a dying world. That's God's plan. So can you say with me, I will look at my strength. I'll survey my circumstances. I'll give my gift to God and I will find my place. God has a place for you. You've been listening to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. It would mean the world to us to know how the program has helped you today. So take a quick minute and give us a call, 877-884-3111. Or you can connect with us at our website, hardwired.org. And if you enjoy the program as much as we love bringing it to you, let us know by your generous support. It would really mean a lot to us. There are daily costs associated with the program, and we truly do depend on the faithful financial support of our listeners like you to allow us to be on this station. So please, consider partnering with us today with your gifts to this ministry. You can call us at 877-884-3111 or go to the website hardwired.org. Again, call 877-884-3111 or at our website hardwired.org. Thank you for your loyal partnership as we couldn't do this without you. And finally, Pastor Jeff is the founder and senior pastor of the vibrant Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. If you're ever in the area, we hope you'll stop by and say hi. Let us know that you listen to the program. That would really make our day. And Pastor Jeff would love to meet you personally, too. So till next time, have a great day. And thanks so much for listening to Hardwired.